first reading is from Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 to 14, the Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the, gen for the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from Gospel, um, from the Gospel Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20, dealing with sin in the church. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even the church, to even the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, 
that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. This is the word of the Lord. Good. Well, um, children at the back over there, I want to, if you can have your attention for a minute, I would ask you a question. Okay. Now, it's the wrong time of the year to ask this question, I completely admit, but all the same I'm going to ask it. Other than Christmas presents, what's the best thing about Christmas? Christmas, Christmas trees. Okay, I hadn't thought of that one. Yeah, anything else? Yeah. Food. Right, okay. Food is different about, well, it's not different, but we have. What's different about Christmas dinner? Apart from turkeys, apart from Christmas pudding, well, what's no different about it? What's good about it? Celebrating, yeah, but, but not just the food, but, but what, what what's, what's good about Christmas? Celebrating Jesus' birthday, yeah, that's right. But how do we do it at Christmas dinner? Sorry? Presents, yeah, I know it's presents. <laughs> but, but what? We come together, don't we? Kind of who comes together at Christmas dinner? Yeah, most of the family, they all come together at Christmas dinner. Now, the reading we had just now, or the one before, the first one we had, that Helen very kindly stepped in to do for us, was that Israel didn't really have Christmas, for very obvious reasons, but they had something called the Passover, which brought the whole family together. And um, the reading we had explains why that is. And it starts off by the writer saying that the Lord said to Moses and and Aaron, this is the first month of the year. And it was like a new beginning for them because they were going to set out from the slavery in Egypt and they're going to start the journey to the new land in, in, in Israel. And they were going to celebrate it with this meal called a Passover where they would sacrifice a lamb and then they would have what are called bitter herbs. And bitter mean representing the bitter time that they had when they were slaves in Egypt. So the whole family came together. And um, yeah, the writer of Exodus clearly says, the first Passover is each man um, will take a lamb for his family, one for each household. So they did it in families. It was the whole community of the family was celebrating together. It bound the family together in this celebration of their belief in the one God who was going to save them from the slavery of Israel. Now, it was passed down through the generations, and eventually it was done in the temple, and the whole nation used to come together. By the time he came to Jesus' time, the whole nation used to come together. It was all about binding the family together in the things that they had in common, their faith in, in in the one God who saved them. Now, obviously, there's a significance for us in that we're under a new covenant, and as the Peter says in his letter in the New Testament, we're redeemed with the precious blood of the Christ of Lamb, without blemish or defect. A kind of analogy to the Passover lamb that they would, they would celebrate. 
and we commemorate it in Holy Communion, where we come together as a church, as a community. And it's not just the community we have within ourselves, but also the community that we have with Christ. In the same way that when the Israelites were celebrating the Passover, it was a, it was a meal between themselves, but also recognizing that it had been instituted by God. And, and he was there with them, and he was going to, he was going to save them. So we've got this image from the Old Testament of the whole family and later the whole nation coming together. And it, it was, if you recall last week, we had our family communion. And, and one of the things that the Jews were taught to do with the Passover was the children got involved. And they used to ask the question, why do we do this? And I don't know if you remember in our, in our communion, family communion last week, there was a line for the children to say, why do we do this? because it was passed down through the generations. It was important for the family. So at the core of Christianity is our relationship with God. Okay, Christianity includes a set of beliefs and doctrines and theologies, but at the heart of it is the relationship with God. So now we're going to come over to the Gospel reading, and in a sense that is also about relationships, or rather the kind of the practical outworking of those relationships. The gospel reading is about building a community, and in one sense it's practical, it also kind of sounds a bit aspirational, and kind of even brutal in a way, about kind of casting people out of, out of the church. But we all know that relationships get, get damaged, whether it's family or between friends, and sadly also in the community of the church. And restoring those relationships is, is difficult sometimes. It requires honesty, it requires humility, and it requires things that perhaps are in a human level aren't always possible. I think there's obviously been a lot of, in the news recently about the media coverage, particularly with the whole Lucy Letby thing, about confronting people who've committed horrific crimes and the confronting with the impact that that's had on people and often that is a very difficult thing to do it's even aspirational to think that you can always mend those relationships it can only truly be done I believe in a community that includes God the kind of the third person in the triangle of things that were bound together we're bound together not just by our relationships between ourselves, but also our relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, his son. We're bound together when we celebrate Holy Communion, but we're also bound together just in our life as a church. He communes not just with us, but also with each member. And we can never, in a sense, truly heal those relationships and those breakdowns that, that it's talked about in the Gospel of Matthew that will happen without recognizing the role that Jesus has in bringing us together. A triangle is, in a sense, a quite a, a strong shape because they're two forces always that rely on any individual points going to the two other points of that triangle. And in a way, that is a good image to have as us as a church, 
We're not just people, but also people in communion with our Saviour. And that's really why the gospel comes to that last verse. Again, truly I tell you, Jesus says, that if two or more agree on earth about anything they ask for, it will be done for them, my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I, are there, I am there with them. So relationships often will get difficult between any two people or any group of people. But healing those relationships is what Jesus does. And it's when we look to him for the honesty for the humility that we need to help us, I believe those relationships can get, can get healed. So Father, we thank you that you're always there with us as a church. We're not just a society, but we're community with you embedded in that heart. Help us always to remember that. Amen.